I know there's something going on between you and Jeff. Please, just talk to me. I don't know how to say this. It's just that Jeff and I have been working together, and... Do you really like him? No. Yes. I don't know. It's just all happening so fast. Kelly, what happened? I, I, I thought you loved me. I do love you, Zach. It wasn't supposed to be this way. Not for us. I didn't want to hurt you for anything in the whole world. I thought we'd always be together. Zach, I'm so sorry. I miss you, Kelly. Well, hey, how about one last dance? Like that. you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just meant depressed all right hard to reach i mean i'm dying here i don't like going out you know that i get anxiety when i have to meet people you know how hard that is everything you touch turns to shit like king midas's idiot brother jesus but if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups i've ever met in my entire life Hello, everyone, and welcome to Give Us a Second. A mini-sode series. Brought to you by the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is our 57th edition. We are discussing our favorite episodes of Saved by the Bell, Volume 1. And uh, yeah. We're committing to at least three volumes, okay. even though I know the downloads aren't going to be great on this. More to come, for sure. But we hit some big ones. In this episode, some of my favorites. You were allowed to pick the list. Yeah, and I, I gave you the keys I really, for the most part. I yeah. made one switch. That's true. But I think my switch made sense. I think if we wouldn't have done that, then no, it that's been weird later. Yeah, probably. But anyway, I feel like it's been too long. First of all, mm-hmm. since we've taken a trip down to Bayside High, but more importantly, I consider our Save by the Bell days on this podcast. A different era of the show. Oh, for sure. Because we covered it in one of the very first episodes. Then we did an episode of the college years. We did. I forgot about that. The Hawaiian vacation four part. Yes. As one of our first post COVID episodes where we had taken a break for COVID. It was one of the ones we did when we came back. It was not one of the ones that got crossed off the list because it was so important. We had to do it as soon as we got back. Coming back with that, that seems to be a delineation right there. For sure. We were leaving the old days of the show where we covered Save by the Bell a lot behind and moving on right. into something else. But now it's time to come back to it a yeah. little bit. And I think we talk about it every time we do Save by the Bell. Or we, we've at least mentioned it before, but another podcast about Save by the Bell was a huge influence on this show. Oh, for sure. I, I think that a little bit of our format came from Go Bayside and... An inspiration. Absolutely. An influence. Yeah. For sure. I think we've branched off and done our own thing. For sure, for sure. But it did play a major factor in how we wanted to do the show and talk about pop culture and content in the way that we do. And I think that's why we've held back from doing even more Save by the Bell on the show. And the one solo episode we did 
was the college years, which was not covered on Go Bayside. That's right. Because we listened to those episodes a bunch of times each, probably. For and sure. I didn't want to repeat the yeah. jokes they made on those shows, so I didn't even go back and Same. revisit for this. I intentionally didn't because I didn't want to get in that mode again. Now, if you listen to some of those episodes, that there may be Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some parallel thinking. things that we comment on. Some by accident, some probably is stuck in my mind from listening to April Richardson and various guests on her show. It's a tribute to it then because I just love that material and it provided me endless hours of entertainment. Before we dive into Saved by the Bell, let's remind everyone to follow the show on X slash Twitter at GreatestPod. Reach out via email, greatestpod at gmail.com. If you'd like a free sticker, please let us know and we'll ship that out to you. And as always, find us on Letterboxd, Zach1983, Matt Crosby. But the most important thing you can do is make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, etc. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Don't let that go in one ear and out the other. That's an important little detail. It means so much to us to read your reviews on there. Unfortunately, we come up with these schedules in advance. I say we to be generous, but I mostly do the scheduling. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. There is a lot of movement and a lot of change and a lot of evolving that goes on, but sometimes things get locked in, and that's just what's going to happen. And only a couple of days ago, we're just learning that Say by the Bell is not currently streaming for free anywhere. This is nuts. This is something that I took for granted, and I actually think is a sign of the times of something that we've brought up a bunch of times regarding the state of physical media, the state of the streaming services, I just always figured Saved by the Bell would be available because who gives a shit? It's something that has been on syndication. Like It seems like you could just turn on TBS or something any morning, and it's on for hours. I am now the proud owner of six episodes of Saved by the Bell on Amazon Prime because I couldn't stream it anywhere. If you search for it on Roku, it says it's on Peacock, but when you click on it, nothing happens. It says it's an error. It's yeah. not actually on Peacock. I did check Peacock, and of course, the only thing that was on there is the new seasons. Yeah, the two seasons they did of the new reboot, which we're not covering at all on this. This is the OG series that we're picking from. But yeah, so I had to break out the DVDs. Shockingly, no care or love went into this DVD set that I have. <laughs> the menus are a joke. You can't even navigate through the episodes. You have to hit play and then just find the ones you're looking for. Insane. They're labeled wrong. The titles differ from one source to another. The air dates are weird. <laughs> that is true. One of the great mysteries of life is trying to figure out the actual order of the Saved by the Bell episodes. Nobody cared. There was no commitment to that which is a culture shock i think for younger people who are very interested in continuity detailed characters backstory world building lore this is so far from that they slapped these things together in hours it yeah, seems yeah. like and threw it on tv a lot of the enjoyment or entertainment or humor seems almost by accident or unintentional but i found myself like Polly in that one episode of The Sopranos where he's laughing at Three's Company and Tony is disgusted. <laughs> I was laughing way more oh, yeah, at Say by the Bell at age 40 yeah. than I was at age 10. I don't think I ever laughed at this show as a kid. No. I just watched it. Yet, 
I was finding some of the shit to be very funny, but not necessarily in the way they were intending it. No, to be. I mean the jokes are mostly unfunny. I think you could even do stronger than unfunny, yeah. abysmal. <laughs> okay. The scripts seem like they take about twenty-five minutes to write. Anything you, that pops into your head. Yeah. There's no thinking involved. Whatever the first response to a sentence would be is what they say. There's no thought to it. It's all improv. We're gonna cover five episodes. Technically, one of them is a two-parter. That's what Matt was alluding to by saying he had to buy six. <laughs> We're going to go through them as fast as we can, but... Let me tell you one last quick anecdote about watching these on Prime. It was giving me the option to... Do you want to skip, skip the, the intro? Right. It would jump ahead like two seconds to like Mark Paul Gossler and then still go through the... <laughs> well, it, you needed to hear the song yeah. every time. <laughs> At least you knew which episode you were watching by that point. That's true. I was fast-forwarding through that just to see which one it was and then trying to figure out, based on what they were saying, which one it was. Because even once it starts, how do you tell? I know. It's not like the title comes up on the screen. That's so true, what yeah. What is this one? Is this? Oh, this is the one with Mr. Belding's brother or whatever. <laughs> this isn't it. Keep going. <laughs> we might as well start off with the biggest one. I oh, believe... Yeah. Our first episode that we covered, Say by the Bell, was episode number three, maybe, where we talked about Vulture's ranking right. of all of the episodes, and I think we did our own top five or I, ten, yes, and this was, was number one for both of us, maybe? It was definitely on the list and one that we both wanted to talk about. So we're starting off huge. Yeah. All of Matt's picks were from season three. They all aired in 1991. I don't know. I was like the same way with this with Seinfeld, where like why? every episode that I picked was in order from a certain season. Yeah, but it's even more random for a show like this because there's no continuity. Yeah. Even the crazy shit that happens in these first two episodes we're going to cover doesn't really carry over into the other episodes at all. Right. I think it would be funny if it did, and yeah. I might have made some jokes, but <laughs> they don't mention it. The characters don't. No, no. The first episode we're covering is called The Last Dance. And, of course, this is the story of the 97-98 Chicago Bulls. Season 3... Episode 1, September 14th, 1991, written by Jeffrey Sachs and directed by the legend Don Barnhart, <laughs> guest starring Patrick Muldoon as Jeff. That is something that I don't know how much attention I would have paid to it if it wasn't for Go Bayside, but it is shocking every credit sequence ending with directed by Don Barnhart. Yeah. I, I don't think, think he directed every single there are one. There random ones. It's yeah. pretty much like 95% yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Now, Mr. Barnhart's no longer with us, uh. but do you think he lived comfortably the rest of his days from his Save by the Bell money? He obviously was part of the creative team yeah. because I'm going to do the credits for every episode, but you're going to hear a lot of the same names even beyond Barnhart. Yeah, I don't know. A lot know. of the same people wrote this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the royalty money ended up being here syndication money in tv is what you're usually aiming for but if you're making a show that's specifically for syndication well no this did air oh saturday mornings right saturday yeah. mornings on nbc that's a good yeah. thing that you brought that up because i was going to say i didn't really watch it new either yeah. i was completely syndication only because it was airing in syndication while it was on still <laughs> that's great yeah and i didn't realize right. that they were still doing new ones until oh all of a sudden the finale is in prime time and then they're launching the college years yeah and i'm like this is a current show. I had right. no idea because I had just been watching it on TBS. Yeah, I don't remember being able to do that math, but I do remember watching the college years on TV. Yeah. Before I read the 
synopsis of the episode, which I am going to do for each of them when we introduce them. I figured I would let you address the Patrick Muldoon-sized elephant in the room here. What's that? Well, I don't know, Matt. We just covered Starship Troopers, and we made a big oh, deal about yeah. not talking about no, Jeff I know. being and, in it. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And he's playing basically the same character. Oh, okay, okay. I forgot we were going to do this on the show. Yeah. Absolutely insane that a character who we've spent tons of time talking about in our personal lives. <laughs> I don't know, though. That's what doing these five episodes really made me think about was how unfamiliar I really have become over the decades. I used to watch this no, I know. endlessly, and it's been a long time since I think I've been connected with it. It's weird to me because this episode I've spent time with as an adult multiple times. Because I have not. I loved the Go Bayside episode of it. Yeah. So I would listen to that episode, and I've rewatched this a couple times since. I believe that I have looked up the actor who played Jeff right. on Wikipedia to see, hey, what else did this guy do? I don't ever recall noticing that he was he's, a Beverly. He was a Melrose Place guy, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, think, I so. think so. He definitely had some some credits, but I don't think I ever noticed that he was in Starship Troopers. And then we were watching Starship Troopers again. I looked at this guy's Wikipedia and it didn't jump out to me that yeah it was Jeff from Saved by the Bell just it took stunning one of my friends who mentioned it when he saw we posted Starship Troopers and it dawned on me because it had been a while I had not watched these episodes in a long time and it just did not jump out at me yeah huge miss colossal miss day. yeah it was a dark day for really? the show because of our connection to Saved by the Bell yeah. if it was something else that we missed you know whatever but yeah, and my take on it after we did the Starship Troopers episode was we needed to do like a, an editorial note, like apologizing to the listenership for that miss. It ended up getting weird, though, yeah. because we were trying to record ahead for Greatest October. So That's by right. the time we yeah. realized it, we'd already recorded a couple episodes. Yeah. <laughs> when Kelly gets a job as a waitress at the Max, she finds herself falling for her manager, Jeff, raising questions regarding her and Zach's future. So at this point... Saved by the Bell did a weird thing, which only makes sense when you're talking about children's programming that no one gives a fuck about. <laughs> they kick off season three by airing two episodes per Saturday, one regular Bayside hijinks, yeah, and then the other seemingly out of time, a different timeline, almost as if it's Halloween or something, the franchise. Then they're doing the Malibu Sands timeline, which... I believe is supposed to have already happened the previous summer. I don't know why they always look older to me in that run. They may have even filmed it after yeah. those other ones. I don't know if it's supposed to be the summer after this, though, because I guess Zach and Kelly aren't together, though. So maybe That's it's true, supposed to be the summer after. Leah Remini. Yeah. But I always, as a kid, felt like the continuity never mattered, so it's almost as if Malibu Sands was its own universe. It doesn't even count. That's they the never reference it later. I know. That's the way it would feel even when you were watching it. Yeah. I don't know. We're not covering any of the Malibu Sands episodes yet, yet. Yeah. but we might do its own special. I think if we get into that at all, we'd just have to lump them all together, probably. Something like that. I love the Malibu Sands episode. Wanna... Well, Leah Remini, out of all the girls that Zach gets with, actually seems like the best match for his yeah. personality because she's like giving him shit and- <laughs> doesn't put up with his antics yeah yeah whereas kelly is too sweet and I such know. a pushover and deserves someone better well Jeff. i don't know <laughs> yeah. she acts like a little tramp in this episode <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> 
the episode opens with that random dude walking down the hall talking to Zach. He seems like a Slater adjacent fellow, just some oh, guy yeah. talking to Zach, and then he disappears. We don't know who it is. Never hear from him again. Not part of the gang, so we don't care. Those fake. <laughs> oh, I know. Talks I hate. They do. I- this is the king show for that. Yeah, I know, because you can always hear like a little bit of it, and then it's like turns into gibberish. Hey, so you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, let's go talk over here. Yes. <laughs> Zach tells us the Bayside costume ball is this week, and I plan to be chosen king. And guess who I want as my queen? Oh, we all know. Screech comes walking down the <laughs> stairs. Home run, gay panic jokes. <laughs> Just one after another, serving them up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zach refers to Screech as the royal doofus. He wants to take Kelly to this costume ball. I know. As Romeo and Juliet. Literally the worst costumes i've ever heard well a little foreshadowing maybe for where this the, the disaster that this <laughs> they both commit suicide <laughs> at the end of this episode i wish jesse and slater being cleopatra and mark anthony it's i would have been like who are you well that's how i felt about romeo and juliet well, would anyone that's know true. that's what they're trying to that do? that is true i think cleopatra you would probably be able to figure out more, more than yeah romeo and juliet. unless they're being dicaprio and claire danes then i'm like hell yeah even though this was five years earlier <laughs> They knew about it already. Yeah. This episode is one of my favorite episodes of Say by the Bell for sure, and we'll get into why as we go. I think mm-hmm. it's a pretty obvious, but there's a specific reason too, because most episodes of the series don't really work like this where it actually matters what happens. But it's fucking terrible. Everything is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. There's so much concern and drama over Kelly having money for a costume to this stupid fucking dance. First of all, just make some. It's a fucking high school dance. Once you actually see what the kids are wearing at it, you could wear whatever you want. Yeah, it's one of those things that gets spending money brought up. Maybe a little too much on the show. Kelly's home situation, and I think they wanted to have a little money. balance because everyone else is yeah. supposed to be obnoxiously rich. I guess seems to be the case. Definitely Zach, and then Jesse lives on his street, so. Yeah. And Lisa. So at least half the gang is like filthy rich. Well, we know Lisa's mom is a big time surgeon. Yeah. Slater's dad is in the military. Yeah. Screech built a robot, so it seems like there's got to be some capital lying around there. Lisa's idea is for Kelly to get a job as a waitress at the max. My idea was, hey, Zach, you have the hottest girl in school as your girlfriend. Why don't you fucking pay for it? It seems like he has some sort of- uh, Why are you making your girlfriend be a waitress? He must have like a trust fund. That's what I mean. This show sucks. There's no continuity even in the same episode because he buys the costumes before she even really starts working. Yeah, yeah. So what is she working for again? (laughs) And then later she doesn't want to take off for the dance, which is the whole reason she got the fucking job in the first place. (laughs) Well, that seems very high school. Screech says he wants to go as Mel Gibson. Wow, that joke doesn't age. Or does it? (laughs) Yeah. Screech is like a combination of Robin Williams, a clown, a theater dork. And the worst person that you've ever been around. Yeah. Someone maybe missing part of their brain yeah, or yeah. something like that. I don't understand why they remain friends with him. That's so not true to life. I know. And it makes them seem like they're better people than we know they are because well, they never act like decent people ever. The only reasons that Zach would keep him around make Zach seem even worse than he already does which is to make him do all the shit that he doesn't want to do and yeah well that is kind of what happens in a lot of the episodes no i know 
But you would think the Zach popular dude character, even if these two were friends in the sandbox or whatever, Screech is getting left behind. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Jesse says, don't forget our band is practicing after school today. That really blew my hair back because I had no idea from my memory that Zack Attack was in more than one episode. I really yeah. just thought that was the rockumentary episode and that was it. No, no. Zack Attack is the band and they do make a few appearances. It felt like a bombshell was being dropped. Yeah. <laughs> then we see the job interview with Kelly at the max. He's interviewing with a young guy named Jeff. Is there any way on God's green earth that Kelly Kapowski doesn't get this job? <laughs> is there any scenario? Well, they definitely play up Jeff being like mesmerized by her because he's not even looking at her at first. And then he falls out of his chair. <laughs> You're hired. They actually should have had a scene of a line of other girls throwing their resumes in the trash and just walking out the door. <laughs> If they would have spent five more minutes yeah. thinking about jokes, there's funny stuff that could have just filled out these episodes and made it a whole other level. And they like, never think about that. Cut to a shot, Jeff's perspective, Kelly with pink highlight glow around her. Till now, heart alone starts playing. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the gold. He wants to hire her on a probationary basis. My response was, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Are yeah. you going to be responsible for her discipline if she well, messes up? Just going back to Zach Attack for a second. She's like, well, if I get this job, I'm, I'm not going to be able to play in the band. Normally, in most bands, if you lose a member, that's a pretty significant Yeah, they blow. don't really seem to act like anything's changing. <laughs> well, if we go by the rockumentary episode, yeah. she didn't play an instrument. That's true. She just was an, an additional singer, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> just stand on stage. It makes sense, though, because Jesse's not in the rockumentary episode, and so Jesse just slots right into that That's true, position yeah. there. Luckily, they had multi-talented vocalists. Scott Wolf is one of the other waiters at the Max. He's yeah. in a lot of the other episodes. Just One of the more recognizable extras. Yeah, yeah. A, a regular extra for some reason. He has a few moments in this episode. Mr. Belding tells them they're not allowed to wear any Mr. Belding costumes to the costume ball because Mrs. Belding gets confused easily. That was a legit LOL. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> there was a weird gender bathroom joke. I wrote that this I down was kind too. Of wild. Yeah. All the boys who dress as girls must still use the boys' room. Yeah. I was thinking that that doesn't age well. Not really, although I think they weren't thinking about anything. That's other right. Than yeah. I was trying to be light. Porky's related humor, mm -hmm. which isn't great either, but it's a little different right. from how it seems now. Yeah, I love that Ollie is in the mix. Oh, for sure, he has a big moment too. It sounds like he's got a throat situation. I know it would. It sounds like one of those smoker. Yeah, he's kind of got like a croaky yeah. voice. He's one of the regular nerds, but he pops up regularly throughout this episode, and it almost seems as if he's part of the gang at times. Oh, right, because he jams with Zach Attack later. Well, I know. Well, they had to figure out a guest percussion situation the band is going to perform at the costume ball and belding wants to sing one song with them <laughs> i know it's so stupid there's no like planning on are we going to practice this what song do we know like, the song you want to sing it's contingent on zach attack knowing how to play that song so we're living in an ostensible reality where the, the zach attack just knows how to play any song and belding's just going to show up and be like Heart alone, let's go. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we know it. Now, it does seem like Zach could solo any song. He doesn't solo as hard in this one. No, but he is always moving his... A lot of extra... Yeah, adding a note to every chord. <laughs> a little pinky note being added on to every chord. <laughs> He's just got his own style. 
Yep. He's a gunslinger on That's stage. That's right, yeah. He's like a Curtis Mayfield. Jeff tosses some sleaze bags that are bothering Kelly. Scott Wolf in the background loving it, but also probably jealous, thinking yeah. you've never tossed anybody who's been bothering me. Jeff says to Kelly, you already look pretty good to me. I wrote this down too, except I wrote Jeff. You already look pretty good to me. Creep. <laughs> so let's get into it. Just like every other thing about Say by the Bell, the details are all over the place. Uh-huh. But we know in real life, Patrick Muldoon was six years older than Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who was a minor. I believe she's probably about 17 or something. She's supposed to be a high school junior, I think. Although, again, it, there's no consistency because in part two, the continuation of this, which is the next episode we're doing, mm-hmm. Lisa says she's turning 16. Which right. means she's 15 in this episode? Is Kelly the same age as her? I, well, I did think that they generally are age-appropriate. Right? I know. In real life, yeah. she was 17, though. And they're saying Lisa is 15, turn, or turning 16 oh, in the okay. next episode. Oh, I'm just saying that so makes then, yeah, her so, even younger right. to Jeff. Oh, okay, yeah. Who is supposed to be a college sophomore, which would make him 19 or 20. Not 24. In real life, yeah, he's... 23 I think she's 17 because I think there was a six-year age difference I think it was 23 and 17 it gets a little weird because they do kiss later (laughs) I guess when you're an actor you're not really thinking about it though because he probably just showed I'm playing a character yeah it's very unromantic you just do well that's true yeah it's over and then you move on it's It's very unromantic despite the sound drops with <laughs> well, they haven't kissed yet, but no, I think there is a live audience yeah. for some of this. Okay. And yeah, they are losing their shit several <laughs> times during this. Yeah. But you can get a sense. Once he says that she looks pretty good to him, even as a kid watching the show, you know where this gonna, is going. Oh, yeah. What's going to happen? At least from Jeff's perspective, you're hoping that Kelly will do the right thing. Tiffany I will say, can bring it sometimes. She's blushing. You can feel her blush. I like to pay attention to how the characters' rooms are decorated. I think her room is the same as Jesse's room from the <laughs> Jesse's song episode. Mm-hmm. And later, we'll point it out, but Lisa's living room is the same as Screech's living room from the Broken Elvis episode. But Kelly's got a Tony Hawk poster in her room, which wow. I thought was jarring. That's nuts. I would have thought that was like before his time no that's how long he's been around he's probably like a teenager at the time but he was still famous she also had an angels pennant pretty sweet the kapowski family were an angels family yeah yeah i kind of feel like the morris family would have been dodgers (laughs) fans pretty sure yeah dad when are we gonna be a family again when the angels win the pennant that feels like something kelly's dad would say (laughs) as he was losing his job for the fourth time (laughs) on the show Just perpetually unemployed. <laughs> that was the recurring thing with her family. Yeah. And they had like eight siblings I or know. something. Who we never see. But it is brought up a lot. Except her one sister in that early episode when her one sister's in love with Zach. Right. Other than that, we never see the other ones. Or do we see a brother at one point? We might see a brother. Yeah, I don't remember. She also has a George Michael poster. So. Yeah. Now she can't go to the dance because her family is that desperate for her tips money. That's they insane. got their claws in, I guess. They found out she had this job. How much? <laughs> They're like, hey, Kelly, we need to wet our beak on that paycheck. <laughs> it does seem wild. You can't afford your $7 costume to go to the costume. What kind of money was she raking in at this restaurant that mostly caters to well, high school students? Fair. She was probably raking in tips. Well, I'm sure, yeah. 
the nerds that were going in there. She was instantly making more money than her dad had ever made. <laughs> but for anybody paying even half attention to this, it's got to be confusing because wasn't the money for a costume the whole point of the job in the first you just place? lose sight of any of these plot details. Speaking of which, it seems like Zach already bought the costumes. It's all very suspicious. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> I guess you could look at it that Kelly already has a secret crush and she just straight up doesn't want to take off work. Like, she just wants to be at work now. Yeah, yeah. But she won't admit that, even to her friends like Lisa and Jesse. But that may be deep down. That's oh, the only sure. explanation you can come up with because yeah. other than that, it doesn't make any sense. You You've... get a job for a costume and now you're not going to the costume ball anyway. Yeah, you've been there. There's a little bit of Zach attack practice. Jesse on the lead vocals. Lisa's got a Denzel Washington line. That's almost as jarring as the Tony Hawk thing, although we know that Denzel had already been nominated for an Oscar at this point. But still, just a reminder of what a crazy long career. Well, it is weird when they make references to real pop culture figures because yeah. sometimes it's made up and sometimes it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think it probably just depended on who wrote the episode. I know. There's no consistency from <laughs> one to the next. People writing that don't know real pop culture figures. <laughs> it wouldn't shock yeah. me. This feels like it was written by people from another planet <laughs> who are approximating human life. Yeah. Zach tries to get the night off for Kelly for the costume ball. He goes and talks to Jeff man on man. Jeff gets to be the cool guy and be like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Jeff playing everything so perfectly. He knows he's got the upper hand and no one else knows it yet. Yeah. Oh, it's gross. It's grotesque. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Fucking hate it. it. <laughs> Kelly won't stop blabbing about Jeff to Lisa and Jesse. Then she blurts out that she thinks he's hot. Oh, no. Woo! Goes the studio <laughs> audience. Lots of Jeff and Kelly one-on-one -on -one time. At one point, she references being tired or something about hamburgers and buns, and then he says, rest your buns to her. Yeah, I thought that was a little wild. And I said, you get Kelly Kapowski's buns out of your mouth, yeah, you really. bastard. Come on. What the fuck? You 23-year-old creep. Then he says, in reference to her going to the costume ball, I always miss you when you're gone. Mm -hmm. Studio audience, apoplectic. Losing it. Cannot believe <laughs> yeah. this is happening. Yeah. They start kissing. Kelly runs off. Can't commit to it. Well, when does she say you're the nicest guy I've met in a long time? Is that in this scene? Yeah. Yeah, like, I think so. Look, Kelly, you do have a boyfriend. What are you implying about him? Well, she met Zach a long time ago. That's true. The next day, Kelly says, I liked it. This is what I mean when mm -hmm. I say something is going on. Something is actually happening. 98% of the time on Saved by the Bell, there's no continuity from one episode to the next. Dramatic things can happen. New characters can be introduced. Changes. Life changes. So many things. A new teacher, a new student, whatever. Girlfriends, boyfriends. Just gone the next episode. Next episode, it's like it didn't happen at all. This time, they did stick to this. They are broken up for a while on the show. Although... By the next couple of seasons, it's, it gets kind of hard to tell again at various points. Right. It seems like they're sometimes sort of together, especially by graduation. I don't know. Shockingly, no one was that concerned about it from one thing <laughs> to the next. The writers just forget. Well, we kind of have to write it both ways. Kelly is being so obvious and embarrassing, she can't even handle it. She's like having a freak out in front of everyone. Screech is talking about being Bart Simpson or Al Bundy. 
and then Lisa with just the killer yeah, yeah. zinger. What about Barf Bundy? <laughs> Comedic gold. Yeah, a lot of like <laughs> Barf type jokes. Screech with a great line. Maybe one of the lines of the episode, or okay. maybe one of the best lines of a series, in my opinion. Hey, did either of you guys notice anything different about Kelly at the Max? Yeah, she's a waitress. <laughs> <laughs> it takes Screech, though, to point out to Zach that he should be concerned with Jeff. For some reason, I guess maybe Zach's lived such a charmed life. Well, he's used to being the main, Alpha. The, the, yeah, the main drag. Or maybe main... he thought this dude is six years old, or he's an adult. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think in Zach's mind that there would ever be a girl that would stray from him. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. He is a sociopath, and that should be pointed out. It cuts to Zach Attack playing in costume. Screech, for some reason, dressed as a chicken. Screech's wardrobe in the entire show never makes sense, but there's also multiple times where he's wearing costumes. This is a costume ball or whatever, costume dance. Even later episodes we're going to do on this he'll wear these like costumes mixed with his normal attire really tough to look at the song they're playing at first make my day is a banger i did enjoy it zach attack is good man (laughs) (laughs) i would definitely drive around listening to zach attack The night of the big Bayside costume ball has finally arrived. Zach Attack minus Kelly rocks out on stage. Slater on drums, Screech on keyboard, Zach on guitar, Lisa on bass, Jesse on lead vocals. And at one point, they do stop to introduce everyone in the band, at which point I was thinking, how much do these other kids just hate this group? (laughs) Yeah, we all know who you are. (laughs) And Belding loves you. At what point is he going to get accused of favoritism? Uh, Kelly, most of the costumes in attendance look homemade or cheap as fuck. I I don't understand what your big... She just wants to remind everyone that she's poor all the time. That does seem to be a point that needs to be made. She gets a little bit of a rush from that attention. (laughs) Jesse saying to the whole dance, y'all beautiful, peace, equality. (laughs) That slayed me. I, I Another real that laugh. Yeah. That was so awesome. Same. Yes, Kelly is in attendance, just no longer in the band, but she seems very distracted. However, she and Zach are, of course, voted king and queen, but in the pivotal moment, Kelly calls him Jeff. Oh, no. Zach immediately says they need to talk. <laughs> Ollie fills in on drums for the last number, a I duet love- between Slater and Jesse. He just sort of like emerges from the back. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm screaming watching Oh, this. the guest drummer? I thought Jesse looked really good in her costume. She really pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was wearing a dark wig. It was just right. a, a different look. Yeah. Imagine showing someone this episode 
and it's the first episode they're seeing. It's so bizarre. At one point, Belding's coming up on stage as if he's going to be in the band. They're all wearing costumes. There's so much musical performance where they're lip syncing, and it's so clearly not them. Yeah. And yet, that's 10 minutes of the episode. (laughs) I noticed you picked a couple of episodes with filler because the one Christmas one, there's so much play material. Right. You're like, is this the whole episode? Even though they make that one a two-parter. And then to top things off, the song that Slater and Jesse are performing is How Am I Supposed to Live Without You, the Michael Bolton song. Imagine kids in your school performing this at a school dance. Boo. They would be the least popular <laughs> kids in school, yet these kids are treated like gods. I know. Zach and Kelly have it out while sitting on a picnic table right outside an open window into the dance, evidently, because it's so goddamn loud. Certainly one of the most emotional moments that this, sh- the peak of emotion probably that this show will ever reach. Now, we were having a little discussion about who was the best and worst of the actors. I actually yeah. thought Tiffany Amber Thiessen was pretty terrible in this scene. Oh, she's trying to I, cry. I wrote that she was really Meryl Streeping it up. Oof. Dude, I hope you were joking. I thought Zach was way worse than her well, in this scene. Well, that was the next sentence. Okay. <laughs> Mark Paul Gossler ain't great either. Yeah. Then he says, I'll miss you, Kelly. They literally sit next to each other in every class. I, I don't know. know what the fuck he's talking about. His friggin' locker is a shrine to her. Then he says, can we have one last dance? Which happens to be right when the song ends, which was kind of funny. They embrace for like two seconds yeah. and the song's over. <laughs> it would be great, though, if he whispered in her ear, I hope you enjoy not being alive anymore. That would be a weird note to end the episode and on. And then the part two opens with him and Screech burying Jeff and Kelly in oh, the woods. Oh, gosh. <laughs> At the end of the episode, when Kelly asks Zach, can we still be friends? He replies, forever. Which would inspire a future Zack Attack song. At the end of the season one episode, The Election from 1989, Zack will pretty much ask Jesse the same question and she would give the same answer. In no, season three, Rockumentary, oh. the gang minus Jesse will sing as the musical group Zack Attack the song Friends Forever. Friends Forever. Pretty cool title. Pretty cool. So this episode is technically to be continued, though it's not considered a part two. I like how this is two separate episodes, yet when we get for home for the holidays, we did that all as one for some reason. No continuity in the logic. (laughs) Yeah, even in our own logic. We bitched about them. (laughs) I'm going to try to speed things up because they can't all be as long as that. Yeah. The Aftermath, which you would think would be the very next episode, but technically because of Malibu Sands, this is season three, episode three, September 21st, 1991. Written by Ronald B. Solomon and Brett Dewey. Directed by Don Barnhart. You know, it's kind of like the Disney Star Wars trilogy. They started messing around. They brought in different writers. The vision gets messed up. I would have liked one continuous through the breakup into the aftermath, but I guess different writers. I'm sure all the writers contributed to these. These were the big-time scripts. Right. Everyone was chiming in. (laughs) They just only credited to a couple names. Guest starring Patrick Muldoon as Jeff and Pamela Kosh as Miss Simpson. While Lisa plans her Sweet 16 party, the gang is forced to choose between supporting Kelly's new relationship with Jeff and being there for Zach as he deals with his grief over their breakup. Am I supposed to be upset about something? Well, yeah, I mean, after Kelly dumped you the other night, I'm surprised you even got out of bed. On the next Saved by the Bell, how is Zach handling his breakup with Kelly? Take that jacket, or sweater, or lucky pom-pom. He just needs to get her off his mind. Next time your secretary leaves you hanging, call us. We're the Kelly girls. Get away from it all. 
and get revenge on Saved by the Bell. Monday at 5.30, 4.30 Central on Fox. Again, this throws the age thing into who the fuck knows what's going on. Uh-huh. Because it seemed like Kelly was supposed to be 17. Now we're finding out Lisa's only just turning 16. That makes Jeff seem even creepier. But I don't want to harp on that anymore. Sure. Would you consider losing Kelly Kapowski in high school to be the ultimate fumble? Well, it's hard to think of anything worse. The whole school seems like it's in mourning. Yeah. Everyone is invested in this relationship. And there's something that rings true about that. You do kind of feel like one of those couples does exist in high school. Lisa thinks that Zach could meet somebody at her party. I'm not really sure who she's inviting that he wouldn't already know. I don't know. I thought it was wild that she expects gifts. They're in high school. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't really demanding my friends give me gifts in high school. That would be kind of weird. The hottest kids in high school are friends with Screech. I feel like we have to say that every time. I can't get past it. He just says insane things. He's so grating. His clothes are blinding. You would think that Lisa would... Him or me. Exactly. Especially since he won't take no for an answer with her sometimes. Although, I have to say, the Screech-Lisa thing is less frequent than I remembered it. Yeah, I know. I always thought of it as like Charlie and the Waitress from Always Sunny. And it kind of is, but it's not featured in as many episodes as you would think, based on your memories. Right. The show was also a little bit more sexual than I remembered. There's a swinging joke pretty early here. Yeah, wild. I thought that... Jesse's line was pretty great. You're not just a pig, you're a gorilla pig. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is consoling Zach early on. Understandable. Yeah. Zach on Say by the Bell and Zach on this podcast, same exact high school locker decorations. And same way they react to a breakup, just being a dick. I don't think that's true. I don't know. I have <laughs> nothing to base that off of. Well, I think you just sort of stepped on my pretty great joke with yeah, that little no. tag that didn't go anywhere. Hmm. <laughs> I thought me saying that I had all Tiffany Amber Thiessen pictures in my locker was funny, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kelly wants to bring her new boyfriend, Jeff, to Lisa's party. I feel like that's a little presumptuous. Honey, step off. Right. Come on. <laughs> Slater with a pretty good description. Frat boy, babe stealer. Yeah, exactly. I would have to say that if I was ranking all of the characters... On Say by the Bell, Slater might be my least favorite. He never really contributes anything that I enjoy. I find Screech to be unbearable. I do too. Most of the time. But Slater is worse for yeah. you? Okay. <laughs> He's not as annoying, but I just don't like him. I, I know. Guess. I don't know. But I'm giving him props, though, because that's a good line. One of the recurring things on Say by the Bell is that they love to have a teacher that has some malady that they can goof on and that is supposed to be hilarious to the audience at home. And in this episode, Miss Simpson is deaf, and so there's a ton of deaf material. Yeah, they enjoy taking the piss out of these poor Bayside teachers. Although it comes and goes as needed mm-hmm. for the bit. Sometimes it seems like she can hear fine. Of course, Zach is a little late to class, and then it dawns on him that his seat is right next to Kelly. She's I gotta tell you. Straight up in his face. This would be something that I could not live through <laughs> as a high school kid. <laughs> I was just broken up with by this girl. Everyone knows about it. They work together in the only restaurant that everyone that I know goes to. Yeah. And I have to sit next to her in class. Yeah. Just a brutal beatdown. 
It is, and I think that Zach is sort of justified in pretty much everything he does in this episode, and I think it's kind of lame that his friends get so mad and turn on him when he's pretty much in the right the whole time. I don't really feel like he does anything that bad to Kelly, and they get so mad at him for nothing. I don't know. The A12 stuff is pretty rough. (laughs) (laughs) We'll save that for when we get there. Miss Simpson wants the students to read poems by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Of course, these are love poems. The teacher, completely inappropriate, wants Bayside's most loved couple to read a love poem. A love poem. Great audience reaction here. They don't know what to do. I love when the audience doesn't know how to handle what they're seeing, and there's just weird kind of unsettled noise. We're like, oh, ah. What were Barnhart's notes on like how to act? Well, I don't think he was directing the audience. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm talking yeah. about the studio right. audience. Okay, The sorry. noises they're making. Well, yes, the other students, like students are freaking out a little like, bit, too. Oh, no, a scene is about to happen. <laughs> Screech just gets up and leaves the yeah. room. <laughs> I can't watch. The teacher really wants him to do it with feeling, too, because Zach is trying to read through it. <laughs> Insane. But they're bailed out by, quote-unquote, Mr. Screech, which I appreciated the teacher referring to him as Mr. Screech. <laughs> Bros night at a shitty movie theater. Just the thing to cheer Zach up. Ollie is in attendance. I kind of think Ollie might be Don Barnhart. Did we check the IMDb credits? Is that who that is? <laughs> Screech and Slater are trying to build Zach back up, but of course, in walks Kelly and Jeff. Seriously, like a scene out of my goddamn life. Yeah, really. Slater and Screech think that speaking in pig Latin behind Zach's back will somehow (laughs) make it so that Zach doesn't know what's going on, and it works (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) This show is for the dumbest human beings on the planet. They're in a movie theater that seats nine people, and somehow Zach is not going to notice what's happening here. When Zach finally sees Kelly because she screams at one point, he runs out of the theater like a total bitch. I get it. Sometimes you just have to remove yourself. He should have just situation. went back there and taken a wild swing. Oh no. And I'm not saying it who. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just folks, come on. Oh boy. <laughs> People are shutting this episode off. Not that anyone was listening anyway. Evidently Lisa lusts for MC Hammer. Kind of a weird sex symbol to pick. Second MC Hammer reference in two episodes. Was it in the first part? Or Yeah. They didn't make a joke in the first one. It was talking about Zack Attack. I think it was Screech said we're better than MC Hammer. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of originality going on. Yeah, I know. With the I- I'm here. like, there's one writer in that writer's room that, let's just throw in an MC Hammer reference. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guys are too drunk to remember they already did it. They're yeah. like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Zach wants out of Lisa's party. Completely understandable, and I think, honestly, not that bad of an idea. They treat this fucking Sweet 16 party like it's life or death. Yeah, you know what, Zach? Why don't you sit this one out? Yeah. That's what, a good way. What's the big deal? There's going to be more parties. It's not even senior year this yet. This gang has, like, separation anxiety. They have to do everything together. Yeah, they treat Zach not going to this party as if it would be akin to 9-11. And uh, really. I just don't really think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. When Jesse and Lisa are on Zach's side fully here at the beginning, I thought that was pretty funny when they're giving Kelly shit. And Why are you bitches. ruining Zach's life? <laughs> that was hilarious. And also a fair question, yeah. if we're being honest. You're ruining the dynamic of the group also. Yeah, that's true to life. Yeah. When a group has to take a hit because a couple breaks up, that's, right. that's a big part of the group. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of Kelly reminders everywhere Zach turns on the radio on the TV there's a married with children reference which again is very strange because that's that was true. a Fox show yeah and they sometimes don't reference real things intentionally and then sometimes they do but I guess MC Hammer married with children they were very in this moment this 1991 sure. moment his friends get on his case for not getting over Kelly already I mean Zach it's been 18 hours I know she was the love of your life but come on come on time to move on moveon.org yeah oh so now they go through this whole plan to fix zach up with someone and he eventually agrees to it so he goes on a date and he continues to see the same movie over and over again like he's fucking patrick bateman or something it's completely insane yeah why would you see the same movie every time (laughs) i know and of course they keep showing the same Same scene moment yeah movie every time even though we don't see it it's only audio the three choices are Sue, who sucks because she's chatty and likes romance novels, I guess. You're right. I didn't think Sue was that bad, although she was talking during the movie. That is annoying. Cassie, worse than anyone, fat. Yeah, there's a joke that she has an insatiable hunger for life, and I just wrote in parentheses, fat shaming. This is brutal, too, yeah. because not only do they pick a slightly overweight girl that is not really that fat, but... They make her talk about eating and the expression on Zach's face and then the studio audience laughter. It's pretty rough. Well, the 90s was really not a good time for this type of material. The winner of the three is Kimberly, Screech's cousin. Of course, the old bit where the nerd has the smoking hot cousin. You would think Zach would have a little bit more to say about like Screech. Why did it take so long yeah. for you to bring her around? Kimberly never mentioned again yeah. after this. Scott Wolf was at the movie, I noticed, yeah. and Ollie again. Ollie also just seeing the same movie. I think a few of the other people are the same. They just mix them around in different seats. Yeah, yeah. They probably all filmed them right after the other. That's like the- Zach, change your shirt. Yeah. A couple of you switch around, and we'll just film the next one now. Those extras are the characters that would be you and me, who really are just going to see this movie multiple times. <laughs> But Kimberly's a hit, though. It turns out she's adopted, so she's not actually a part of the Powers family. The gang is big mad at Kelly. They all go to the max, though, I guess just to give her a hard time. It does seem as if in Los Angeles you would have plenty of places to hang out. No. You don't need to go where the person you're all mad at is. Jeff is encouraging her to make up with them, which is a smart play, I guess, if you're the older boyfriend you know that the one thing that can fuck up your relationship I mean, is if your friends all turn against you. We've been hard on Jeff because he's older and we think he's a creep, but he really is played as like a pretty nice guy. Well, until later, but yeah. Well, yeah. He slips eventually down the road, but right now. Let me say it like this, Zach. He's the nicest guy I've seen in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> You're acting like a bunch of high school kids. <laughs> Kelly's thinking, well, yeah, oh, we are. We are. Zach and Kimberly arrive. Zach really wants to rub Kelly's nose in it. He asks Kelly for the most romantic table at the max. Yeah, I know. You're like, look around. Everything looks the same. It's as bright and sterile as an industrial (laughs) kitchen in here. I don't really think there's any romance happening. He wants to split a milkshake. Then, in the first time in the history of the max, he decides that they're going to dance a romantic slow dance. He picks A12 on the jukebox, Zach and Kelly's song. The most insane thing out of any episode to me is that they have a song (laughs) that's not a title. No artist, no name. 
just the alphanumeric combo that plays it on the jukebox. Not only is that their song, but that everyone knows that it's their song and yeah. also knows it by the alphanumeric code. Right. Not the song. <laughs> I can't believe Zach's playing A12. How could he do this? In all fairness, a very romantic instrumental. <laughs> that sounded like it was completely 100% free to license. Right. They'd already blown the budget on How Do I Live Without You. For some reason, A12 is the breaking point. Zach loses the group because for some reason, yeah. jukebox selection is more important than anything else in the entire world. Lisa and Jesse, but also to a certain extent, Slater, because of Jesse, not really Screech, but Screech doesn't stand up for his boy enough. So I'll well, throw him in too. I think Slater like secretly hates Zach. And it's, like, oh, yeah. Always the rivalry is always yeah. kind of there. So now they're back on Kelly's side. Kelly is beyond upset because A12 is sacred. <laughs> Kelly goes so far as to slap him, which I think is way over the line. It did seem a bit much. I is, will say I was like the gang. I did switch from being Team Zach to Team Kelly. By I the end didn't. Here, but yeah. She deserves way worse. <laughs> this, is a, this is nothing. Unfortunately for Zach, though, Kimberly overhears everything and gets mad. She throws a milkshake on his shirt. Yeah, it was a weird move. Don't mess up his makeup and hair. We're yeah, not redoing really. it. <laughs> yeah. Not my favorite green button down. <laughs> <laughs> the girls all fully reconcile. Kelly forgives them. Now everyone's mad at Zach. But here's the thing. Isn't he right, though? Isn't it their fault? His stupid friends? They all encouraged him to go date. He wanted to just fucking chill out and stay at his house and deal with it. Which would have been better. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 you got to go to the party. You got to go on a date. They cause him to have milkshake all over his green button down. They forced him to date. And then he's not allowed to get back at Kelly at all. I don't think he crossed the line yet. If he called her a bitch or something, then yeah. But he didn't do anything that bad. It was fucking with I, her I a little bit. Yeah. Come on. She cheated on him, basically. That is true. He played a fucking song on a jukebox. He didn't post her nudes online. Matt. I know, but he was being very emo about the whole thing. Well, he does make a mistake because then he gives Lisa the ultimatum about the party. Right. The smart play is don't say anything and just don't show up. That's right. Act like you don't give a fuck. Don't make a big emotional scene that makes you look even weaker. I know. That's a life lesson for you, Matt. Just big timer. And then just say things to Screech. Because so, you know Screech will spread the word. Say things to Screech like, anybody that talks to Kelly is dead to me. Yeah. And then let Screech kind of put that out there. <laughs> I think he could psychologically break Kelly down pretty quick. She seems like an easy target to I me. would say so, but that's a show that I don't want to watch. <laughs> Evidently, this party is life and death. It's everything. Lisa's not going to bow down. Zach's allowed to come, but she will not rescind Kelly and Jeff's invitation. Zach has a total meltdown in his locker. He's pulling all of Kelly's stuff out of it. There's so much of Kelly's stuff. It's, a, it's a shrine to Kelly. Which is understandable. No books, no school material. It's all of Kelly's stuff. Jumping ahead, it's Screech who goes to visit Zach the night of Lisa's party and provides the words of wisdom. Before I repeat what Screech says, mm -hmm. did you find Screech's advice to actually be pretty decent in this situation? I don't recall what he said. 
Well, he says, if you can't be an idiot with your friends, who can you be an idiot with? Oh, that's that's true. Yeah. Because at this point, Zach now is embarrassed at his behavior. He doesn't seem to be as mad about the Kelly thing now. He's like, I wish I wouldn't have exploded on everyone and made a big scene. And Screech is just like, well, no one cares. You're the coolest guy we all know. Then he says, remember, it's better to be dumped by the best looking girl than to have never uh, been dumped yeah. at all. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, it sucks when it's so public because Kelly is a dime. <laughs> yeah, There's no one at Bayside that's living <laughs> up to that. <laughs> Lisa's party is the most bizarre dressed high school party of all time. They're wearing sports jackets. The only people that worked on this show that were more inebriated than the writers was the wardrobe department. As I mentioned, Lisa's house and Screech's house from an earlier season are the same. Screech brings a living present. It's a box that moves that has air holes in it. Mm-hmm. The gang ultimately decides to accept Jeff Slater and Jeff Bond over wrestling. Yeah, and this is one of the moments where they do that thing. Yeah, it's hey, one of the worst in the whole series. Let's walk over here and talk. Okay, so. Wrestling, <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> Just yeah. throwing that in. My take was A2 Screech. I know. Really? It's Lisa, though. <laughs> Screech has always got to hang around and see if it's going to be his moment. Zach shows up in a Cosby sweater. Really absurd. Zach and Kelly have their moment where he apologizes. Does she apologize or just sort of say tough shit? <laughs> Loser. Suck it, Zach. His dick's so much bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> His tastes like yours, but sweeter. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Zach and Jeff have to congratulate each other. There's like a transference of property happening here. Take good uh, care yeah, of her, yeah. man. And then Zach has a moment where he believes in love at first sight with a redhead who looks old enough to be his mother. And for those of us that watch the show and just want to get back into our world of comfort, we're like, okay, Zach has moved on. Yeah, and All then they do right. actually go with this for a while, as we said. Yeah. They are not a couple now for the rest of the season, basically. Our next episode... Operation Zach, also known as the surgery, if you're going by IMDb. Most places had Operation Zach, though. Season 3, Episode 5, September 28th. <laughs> week after week. Banger yeah. after banger. I know. 1991, written by Jeffrey Sachs and directed by Don Barnhart. A winning combination we know from The Last Dance. Of course. Guest starring Susan Bobian as Dr. Turtle. She makes one other appearance on the series... In season four, an episode called Drinking and Driving. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Which we may get to eventually. After Mr. Belding inadvertently trips him, Zach requires surgery, which causes him a lot of worry. Lisa's mother is his surgeon. So for those of you who may not have known this, I let Matt pretty much select these episodes. Mm -hmm. I think we mentioned that at the outset. This one... While I do find it entertaining, I was a little surprised. I don't know that I've ever really heard of this one as considered a favorite. So I wanted to get your reasoning, I guess. It was one that always jumped out to me when I would watch the show in syndication because it's weird to me, the Lisa-Zach relationship. I feel like there's many moments in this episode that feels like there's this intimacy between the two of them. Mark Paul Gosler and Lark Voorhees dated in real life, and I wonder if it's simply a matter of their chemistry coming through the screen and, and they're putting a different tone to the scenes, meaning the writers may not even have yeah, yeah. there to be that kind of a tone to it, and then the way they're doing the scenes. 
it feels like they're about to start dating. I know, and it always stood out to me when I was just. And it's frustrating, it. yeah, because they do kiss in that one episode. I think it's the fashion show yeah. one, and I know that Screech has a crush on Lisa, and Screech is supposed to be Zach's best friend, and that's the justification that they kind of use for why it never happens, but. It always did feel kind of racist to me that Lisa is relegated to this sort of secondary character. Right. Because Jesse and Slater are pretty much a couple the whole time. And even when they're not, Jesse gets the environmental guy and some other guys. Right. And I think Lisa has maybe one love interest the entire yeah. show. She always is also making jokes about crushes on like pop culture figures. Probably MC Hammer, I'm sure, in an episode. Yeah, it just felt like her character was always a little shortchanged. And yeah. I would have liked to have seen more develop in I the know. post-Kelly days. Although it, I guess it's weird because then you're like, well, how do you write it where is Kelly jealous and weird about it? Or I don't know. So there's tons of episodes that feel throwaway to me, but this one just always stuck with me. And when it would come back on, I would be like, oh, yeah, this is the one where it kind of seems like something's going to happen between Zach and Lisa. Yeah. It, it just always well, stood the apart. One, Christmas episode kind of felt like it too. Yeah. And the mystery weekend a little bit as well. This was that There's era. Hints. I think yeah. that it seemed like they were flirting with it during season three and they just never right. pulled the trigger. So do you blame Kelly for the injury? I kind of do. Kelly? Yeah. Why? The love of your life breaks up with you and then you got to play days a big basketball later, game. You have a huge yeah. knee injury. I feel like they're connected. I just think Zach was having a run of bad luck. No Jeff in this episode, not even mentioned. <laughs> in fact, at one point, Kelly gives it's, Zach a, a very like lingering kiss on the cheek. I think. There's a massage. Yeah. Given? Yeah. See, Zach knows. He's now playing the long game. The episode starts with the gang being involved in basketball. Mm -hmm. That's sort of how a lot of episodes begin. In this episode, the gang's involved with the school store. In this episode, the Radio gang station. is involved with the mall. Yeah. In this one, they're in a band. And then, then that's just how... The right. focus of the episode goes. So in this one, Zach is the team captain. They're going to have this big pep rally. For some reason, Screech is in a wig. I think he's going to replace Zach at the pep rally. I don't know. At one point, Slater calls him Air Nerd. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lisa is a candy striper at the hospital. I kind of liked whenever Lisa's mom would get involved in these couple episodes, and we would learn a little bit more about her backstory because she's presented as so shallow in every episode that it felt like they were giving her character like some dimensions. No, I know. Because even if she's being forced to be a candy striper, she's doing things for other people, and then you do have those nice little moments right. well, where that's she what seems I mean. like a nice person. Because a lot of times she's just portrayed as like this flat, materialistic yeah. character, and then in this, she seems very sweet, someone who's not as selfish as they're portrayed in other episodes. Just like Miss Simpson was deaf... This time the basketball coach is short. Of course. Hilarious. Yeah. They do like their slapstick humor. He does a total lack of a pep talk, so Belding has to jump in and interfere and do his pep talk. Somehow he injures Zach. One of the great scenes of the series. Unbelievable. I cannot believe that there's an injury here. Basically, Belding is walking out of the locker room, and he's pushing through a push door and I guess stops abruptly, and yeah. so Zach runs into him and somehow damages his knee to the point of needing surgery. So if you get injured 
<laughs> doing something like that, I think the knee was about to go. It's just one of those fluke things. Yeah, too many miles on it, I guess. He's playing too many sports. You think he was the point guard? Yeah. Now, if you had to pick an NBA player to compare Zach's game to, maybe like a Steve Nash? Yeah, probably. Or Jason Williams. I don't even watch basketball. I don't even know what I'm They're just names I'm all, saying. All the guys that we reference are guys that are not active in the NBA. I wouldn't know yeah. for some of them. Screech mentions his lawyer, Uncle Scheister, which I kind of found offensive that that was the name, but he sticks with this through line throughout the episode that Zach is going to sue the school and sue Belding, and it's treated as this absurdist joke. I have to tell you, if your son or daughter is involved in an incident at school where they are seriously injured and the principal is to blame, as innocent as it may seem, I feel like a lawsuit is definitely on the table. Even if it's an accident, it's not as if the principal's going to have to pay out of his pocket. It's the school district. Yeah. I feel like it's not that absurd. I'm not saying everybody would do it, but they treat it as if Screech is being ridiculous, and I don't think it's ridiculous at all. It's like major surgery. I know. Who's paying for this? I I agreed, and also it's like, is there an investigation against Belding? (laughs) This was intentional. There's already like a lot of suspect stuff going on. Like, why is this principal so involved in your guys' lives? (laughs) Now he's injuring Zach. He's too involved. He's yeah. smothering. Lisa's mother is a surgeon, hence Lisa's new gig. And yes, it turns out that Zach is going to need surgery. Evidently, his knee is made of paper mache. <laughs> There's parts in the episode where Lisa's going into the max and like talking about what's going on with Zach. HIPAA violations all over the place. <laughs> Zach is at least temporarily comforted by the hospital's attractive nursing staff. Complete and total lack of Zach's parents in the episode. A complete and total lack of a patient check-in. They're just barging in. and No, I know. Where's X-ray? <laughs> it is a chaotic hospital. They're giving Belding a real hard time for the incident, and I guess as a make good, he's saying that he's going to do Zach's schoolwork, which is so absurd. He's taking tests and doing homework throughout the episode. I know this is a show for children, uh-huh. but sometimes it's so stupid. That Don't challenge our intelligence this way. This is not a one-time joke. This is a running bit. It yeah. stinks. Slater's recap of the game makes it seem as if Belding was somehow at the game and at the hospital with Zach. It makes zero sense. <laughs> we said Belding distracted them when they were trying to go for the winning bucket, but he also took Zach to the hospital immediately. I think Slater says something which prompts Jesse to give one of her harsh rebukes. Mm-hmm. And that one cute nurse who actually reappears in the later episode we're going to go to. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the same actress, even though IMDb does not credit the extras on this show very much. <laughs> but anyway, she says about Jesse, keep her around in case you choke on a bone. Because I think she slaps Slater on the back when That's he right. says something piggish. Yeah, yeah. The studio audience gives this very uneasy grumble as if like they're they're about to start fighting. Yeah. But Jesse doesn't respond, doesn't even act as if the nurse said anything, and they move on from it. But the audience reacted as if we're headed into something here. (laughs) Like, oh boy. That was really weird. Yeah. (laughs) Occasionally, the writers would mislead the studio audience. Zach is very nervous about his upcoming surgery as he tells the camera breaking the fourth wall. They're going to hack Zach. Yeah. This predates Hack-A-Shack, I think, right? What year would that have been coined? Uh, It would have been after this, I believe. Yeah. Remote control bed. 
A lot of funny bits there. I'm sure you loved. That seemed like something that was reused in like several sitcoms or something. Oh, I feel for like sure, the, yeah. The hospital bed TV remote thing was just oh, something. Well, that you could probably say that about half the jokes well, they do yeah. on, and the gags and stuff on right. the show. It's all ancient right. material. Yeah. For some reason, Zach is sleeping in a hospital bed with no blankets, which I thought was insane. He's and just like in these pajamas. Flannel pajamas. No yeah. blankets. Yeah. He likes that dark green. Right. His favorite button down was ruined recently. Of course, yeah. It used to match his flannel. We remember his it fan. well. Dustin Diamond pulling double duty in this episode. He also plays the guardian angel for Zach Skippy. How awful would it be if your guardian angel looked like Screech? Well, he says in heaven everyone looks like him. Yeah. Seems he like sprinkles Zach it with some heavenly dork dust. Mm-hmm. It's a full-blown death dream and an inexplicable Christmas Carol parody, which is odd considering they do the Christmas Carol later <laughs> in the know. Christmas episode. Also, the first person to die from minor knee surgery? I'm sure people yeah, have died from going under like for weird. surgery and yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. In the dream, though, somebody was wearing a Pittsburgh Pirates hat. I did write that down, Crazy too. how often that pops yeah. up in places. <laughs> I know that the Pirates have an iconic logo, but right. it's wild how often you see it that places. That did jump out. The cheerleaders are in mourning. They're retiring his jersey. They're dedicating his locker. Screech wants to be locked inside of his locker, which <laughs> is pretty funny. I would be locked inside of there with that shrine to Kelly Kapowski. Zach tries to sneak out of the hospital disguised as a doctor. He has an encounter with an amorous nurse. Doctor, heal me with your kisses, she says. But ultimately, Zach is busted by Dr. Turtle. Mm -hmm. We already sort of covered this, but I put in my notes here, Lisa deserved way more from Saved by the Bell. I really actually enjoyed their little ice skating memory scene. Me too. It, It almost seemed like from a different show. Well, it was reminiscent of when Zach and Jesse have yeah. a memory in the most famous Saved by the uh, Bell of course. episode, which we're not yeah. covering yet, right. spoiler alert, but we will eventually. I did enjoy from that story, though, how they were rushed to the hospital in an ambulance. Zach described that he twisted his ankle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that requires an ambulance. Well, maybe they had helicopter parents. Yeah. And they weren't going to get charged because Lisa's mom was headed in at That's the hospital. That's right, yeah. I thought it was weird, though, that part of the memory was Lisa's skirt getting ripped off. I also found that strange. These are the kind of things that you wouldn't notice as a little kid, I guess. But then, yeah, now Jeff's saying, rest your buns. And I don't know. They're just weird little mentions that are a little bit more sexual than I would have ever thought. Yeah, it's just surprising on rewatch. Not that her skirt getting ripped off is sexual, but why put that line in there? It does seem weird. Weird. I thought it was also kind of wild, too, that they included a little prayer. Yeah, please, God, take care of my friend. Melodramatic jazz score. I love whenever yeah. this show acts like it's a serious show yep. because it's so absurd. Out of nowhere. The day of the surgery, I thought it was pretty wild. Mr. Dewey from school catching some strays. Just name dropped in this episode. Yeah, Susan Bobian plays Lisa's mom, and I was saying to you that anytime they would bring in an adult that was a real actress because – Susan Bobian, I don't I doubt that anyone knows who that is, but she is a character actress from TV who is just has a million credits for yeah, yeah. TV shows and is a real actress and obviously at this point was at a stage in her career where she had way more experience than the kids on this show and some of the people who worked on this show got better later in life, but the acting is so bad. It's high school play material. Not even. It's Kids in a garage putting on a performance yeah, on summer vacation or something. It's not even as good as a high school play sometimes. So when you have these adults come in for guest starring parts, it's funny to see them acting 
real around these kids with their big expressions and the main cast just like get these people out of here the main cast i don't know where to put my hands yeah i don't know where to look (laughs) (laughs) neck massage from kelly after the surgery pretty wild also inappropriate kelly i'd say so are we ready to move on to I the next so. episode? I think so. We got to. Yeah, we got to keep this rolling. The next episode is a long one, so I'm going to try to go fast. It's two parts. Part two, I would say, is pretty weak. Luckily, there's a lot of filler. Yeah, they really fill out part two with the Christmas Carol shit. First thing I have written down for this one, though, another MC Hammer joke. Third MC Hammer re- reference in three episodes. Let me run through it. Home for Christmas, parts one and two. Season 3, episodes 24 and 25, they aired December 7th and December 14th, 1991. Part 1 was written by Tom Tenowich, who you see all over the credits as well. As you do the writer of Part 2, Bennett Tramer, which when I saw that name and was writing it down, I thought of Ben Tramer, the name of the boy that Laurie Strode likes in Halloween. Ben Tramer? Both parts, of course, were directed by the man, Don Barnhart. That's right. Guest starring Melody Rogers as Mrs. Morris, Stephen Mendel as Frank, Jennifer McComb as Laura, and Lou Horn as Mr. Moody. I do love Zach's mom. I'm always happy when she's in the episodes. Zach and his friends become involved in the lives of a homeless man and his teenage daughter during the holiday season. This episode is already a winner for me because there's no belding. (laughs) I did enjoy the episodes with no belding. Another theme I noticed from your picks was that you chose a lot of episodes that had settings outside of the school. Yeah, that's probably another thing that caused them to be episodes that stood out to me. I also, though, loved any time it was Christmas special time or Halloween special time. I don't think they did a Halloween one on Say by the Bell. Yeah, but, but yeah. just for television. No, I, know, kids, I agree. You know, I watched like, those, too. Like, any time it was that time of the season, it brought me a certain sort of joy. I, I don't really know why, but I loved the holiday season episodes. I might watch a couple Bob's Burgers Halloween ups after yeah. we're done recording tonight. This is the first and only appearance of Zach's living room. As I said, there's a lot of different sets across these episodes now because those ones always do stand out. I think it's a little jarring, actually, when you see these random sets, these one-off sets, because right. 98% of this show is the same sets, yet... We picked a couple Christmas episodes that are largely in the mall. I don't think there's any school material at all. Well, you know I like anything in a mall, too. We also picked the hospital episode and then the one we're going to do after this, which is also not in the school. What about this, though? Wouldn't it just be awesome if Zach's mom totally snubbed Kelly? Just a straight cold shoulder. Oh, yeah. Like, she was so warm to everyone else in the group. And then Kelly says hi and just turns her shoulder right it, there. If the freaking show could stay committed to continuity, like I would buy that about Zach's mom. Yeah, because that would make it so, interesting. I know, and she seems so obsessed with Zach's love life. A little too obsessed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I, I made a little note about that, too. <laughs> she's like the mom in Fright Night, except she's not actually a single mom, but she kind of seems like it. She does act like it. It does feel like Zach's dad is out of town it's a little uh, suspicious yeah. that if your dad is out of town on Christmas Eve. I really. <laughs> well, he sells computers. He's got to be like selling computers to people all the way up to the big day. You can pretty much count on a pig joke from Jesse, one per episode. I enjoyed her gingerbread pigs joke. Mm-hmm. Another good one. I'll say this for Kelly. She absolutely adores denim skirts. 
That girl owns more denim skirts than anyone in history. You have to wonder if there was some sort of special going on. <laughs> because her dad lost his job. Yeah. <laughs> Slater wearing some really cool red slacks and a Dan Flash's shirt. If you've seen, I <laughs> yeah. think you should leave. Complicated pattern on his shirt. <laughs> All complicated patterns. Red wine pants that I've never seen people wear this color pants before. Yeah, Slater's wardrobe may be the most jarring because it doesn't seem like they're real clothes. Neither do Screech's, though. Oh, that's true. Screech's is as bad as it gets, but you get used to it because he's Screech. Slater, you kind of expect him to be a little more normal. Yeah. Can he own one normal pair of pants? I enjoyed the mall sets. It seemed like they built a set in a mall for some of it. I guess what I'm saying is in the background, the mall seemed kind of real to me. But a lot of the stuff that they were shooting, the Christmas wrapping place where Slater is. The store. And all that stuff. That seemed like fake, but a lot of it did seem real in the background. Yeah, maybe. Because I doubt they were able to green screen that effectively. It probably would have looked a lot worse. And I don't think they would have built a lot of fake storefronts going on in the background. It is interesting, though. Like, what do you think their budget was for sets during a season? It, Probably like, like 400 for the season. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, why can't this whole show take place at the school? Slater says he's making $4 an hour doing gift wrapping. He also gets assaulted on the job by that woman. <laughs> yeah, I did write that. Yeah, she threw the box at him. Zach bumps into a girl named Laura who is a little defensive, a little abrasive. A lot is going to be made out of what she eats and her diet. It's all very awkward and uncomfortable, Uh especially when you've seen the episodes more than once, so you already know where it's going. Although, Zach notices right away that there's something different about her. And I wrote, yeah, she's homeless. Yeah. (laughs) Screech is playing with a squeeze and squirt doll. Don't really want to make any comment on that. No, I I thought we'd just blow right past that because I was very uncomfortable with the whole thing. The name being squeeze and squirt. Yeah, I don't know. Matt, you've dated some girls, right? (laughs) No, I haven't, actually. You dated a girl in high school whose nickname was Squeeze and Squirt. (laughs) Zach and Screech encounter a homeless man in the mall bathroom, Frank. This is all super clumsy and awkward. It takes them a while to realize what's going on because Frank is shaving in the bathroom at the mall. Screech is a total oblivious idiot. That would be me. Yeah, this is normal. I feel like I've seen people do stuff like that. At bathrooms and places like malls and stuff. I don't know that it ever occurred to me that they might have been homeless, but I guess maybe they were. So, yeah, I guess I probably would have been similar to Screech through some of it, although I think that Frank says some things that give it away. Yeah. Zach leaves money in the coin return slot on a payphone, (laughs) which seemed normal to me until I thought about it for five seconds, and then I wondered, is that real? Was there a world where payphones were that close to the toilets? The toilets in this bathroom are no more than five feet from those phones. You're telling me you're going to be on the phone with your wife while some guy's really going through something over there in one of those stalls? Yeah, I do sort of feel like it rings true that there would be pay phones near Yeah, there would be like a little area. There there might be a double door, like one door, then there's a little room with two phones, and then another door, and then that's the Or even out in the hallway that leads to the restrooms, yeah. These ones seemed so close to the stalls that I was like, that's disgusting. There's no way you're not overhearing something. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like the best place to make a call. But also, the whole thing with the money. Oh, there, there was money left in the payphone, even though it's 
cash. I'm pretty sure those things don't take dollar bills. I was thinking, why not just give it to him? Now, look, I'm sure he's happy to take anything, but you get a little bit of a shot of what this is, and it's like $3. Well, what's he supposed to do? He's a kid. (laughs) What do you think? Zach's carrying hundreds? He has a cell phone. He's one of three people in the world with a cell phone. (laughs) Laura and Kelly both work at the same store. Zach wants to date Laura. We see Frank lingering. They're really being heavy-handed for the younger audience. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know, though, as a kid that I would have picked up on him being her dad right away. No, I definitely didn't. A terrible conversation about Frank in front of Laura. This stuff was making me cringe so hard. Yeah, this is tough. That I was getting angry that you picked these episodes (laughs) because it was so uncomfortable. But in order to preserve the secret of Frank being Laura's father, I think they actually fuck some stuff up because when they first, well, we'll get there in a minute. I'm kind of skipping ahead, but I just feel like she doesn't react the right way sometimes Yeah, because they don't want to give away too much. Part of the conversation they have in Laura, though, Screech blurts out something to the effect of, of course he's poor, that's why he's homeless. Laugh track. Yeah, that Laugh seems track like a statement. Yeah. Holy Lord. Brutal stuff to say in front of his daughter. Zach insinuates the homeless man could be a wino, quote, or worse. Yeah, I don't know what could be worse than that. And that a, a drug addict, I think, is what he meant. And <laughs> yeah. then Laura is furious and turns down his lunch request cold, saying she lost her appetite, which we know is a damn lie based on the jokes <laughs> yeah, they really? make later. <laughs> what did you think about this line from Lisa? If you didn't write this line down, then I don't even know what you were doing. I probably didn't. I don't see something from Lisa. I think she's talking to Zach because he's getting hung up on Laura, who has turned him down. And that's the one thing that drives Zach completely crazy, is if he gets turned down. Lisa says, you're sitting there with your tongue hanging out and no lollipop to lick. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, wow. It's like, wow. (laughs) I don't think... For one second, they mean that to be any kind of insinuation there, but it is wild. You can't help but think of that as a very sexual thing to say. Yeah, Screech is walking around with a mistletoe hat. Not a bad gag. No, it's okay. Luckily, it wasn't over his crotch. I know you've done that. A that would have been a bad gag. Kelly brings Laura around, and Zach manages to apologize sufficiently. When Laura asks Screech who he is, Screech introduces himself as Zack's geeky sidekick. And I thought that was a pretty apt description. Zack and Laura then finally have that lunch with Zack still completely oblivious as to what's going on. He can't stop asking questions about her living situation, (laughs) her dad, her dad's job. Never in the history of Bayside High has Zack Morris shown this much interest in a girl's personal life. Or her father. Laura, meanwhile, housing Zach's chips. <laughs> yeah. While that's going on, Jesse is working for Santa as an elf, and she starts beefing with a child. Laura sits on Santa's lap. She literally whispers into Santa's ear. It's like I was lost in translation during yeah. all of this. I just thought it was a little wild for a seventeen-year-old girl to be sitting on Santa's lap, and then Kelly makes a joke later about sitting on Zach's lap. Yeah. I guess there does seem to be like a lot of sexual conversation in this episode because I also wrote Zach making sexual jokes about Laura with his mom. I don't remember what that was, but... He, he says that he wants Laura for Christmas. Oh, yeah. His mom is just like, oh, boy. <laughs> They're like elbowing each other. Meanwhile, his mom is talking about 
a production of A Christmas Carol, which evidently they don't need to rehearse for or learn lines for or anything. Well, I think there's a lot of roles without lines. Laura wants to be in the play, too, but she just started this new job. She's working at Moody's with Kelly. Next up, Lisa and Slater meet Frank when he helps Slater wrap one of Lisa's gifts, proving to be proficient at tying bows. After Zack and Screech arrive, Frank collapses in the food court, drawing a crowd. I don't know why this, this is funny to me. Slayed me. Yeah, I know. I'm because just laying on the ground. No one is doing anything. I know. Until Zack, Screech, and Slater come in to save the day. It's Slater screaming, Are you okay? Whoa, get out of the way. Get yeah. out of the way. They're conducting traffic. Even when the security guard arrives, Slater is running the show. Yeah. Not the security guard. Well, it's the gang. They've Huge commercial control. break cliffhanger. Yeah. Weird that Kelly wants to talk to Laura about Zach. Yeah, they do that a few times. So they broke up three months ago, and now I they're know. this comfortable with... I think in the Malibu I don't want to spoil run. what went on with Jeff, and we're not going to uh-huh. talk about that till we eventually do that episode, but Jeff is out of the picture now. So theoretically, Kelly can be back on the scene. She still has strong feelings with, for Zach, but she basically just tries to be a wingman through many episodes. It's very bizarre. I want to say in the Malibu Sands episodes, there's a weird moment between Kelly and Leah Remini's character. Doesn't she almost hook up with Slater, though, in those episodes or something? Isn't there something weird with a different couple with Kelly? There's definitely something weird. We'll have to revisit that. Yeah, it's been too long. I'm out of practice. I I can't remember all of my Say by the Bell history. Mr. Moody tells Laura no to being in the Christmas play. Despite Zach insisting that most store owners would love to have their workers in the play. Not really (laughs) sure what that's based on. Nothing. I I, think, yeah, he yeah. just blurts stuff out a lot of the time. Because he just lives this life of privilege and does whatever. Every, so everything's going to yeah, work I out. Know. And it usually does because everyone just yeah eventually goes along with it. At the hospital, Lisa is a candy striper again. So yeah, you I was surprised two by that. candy yeah. striper Lisa episode. I was surprised to see her pop up in that. These are probably yeah. the only two, I'm guessing. Screech is Rudolph. Zach is Santa. Kelly is Mrs. Claus. Slater and Jesse are elves. I did like that Slater and Jesse aren't relegated to just elves. Yeah. They put on a little party for the sick kids in the hospital, although the location for this party is insane. It seems to be just in the elevator lobby or something. There's no room where you could do this? There's a natural force that's always putting Zach and Kelly in these couple-type situations, though, still. Like, they have to be Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Well, I think that we knew it was fate. Yeah. They were going to end up together That's right. Everyone kind of knew that. Exactly, yeah. Lisa gives Screech a peck on the cheek. And this is the first time that she kisses him in the series. Because I think she does maybe one or two other times. Okay. Also probably on the cheek. but A big moment. Slater, all of a sudden, in the middle of this party with little kids, goes, Hey, let's go visit that homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just so much tact. Before they leave the kids, though, they pull that stunt where there's like some indoor snow falling. I didn't even understand what that was. And it was like barely. It was probably toxic or something. <laughs> That gave those kids cancer. (laughs) Well, Lisa, (laughs) your party is a big success. Our party. You know, Zach, I can't remember a Christmas where I've had more fun and didn't get a thing. Hey, well, Santa will fix that. (laughs) Oh, thanks. It matches my uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. Hey, Hey, let's go visit that homeless guy. Yeah, Yeah, good idea. Yeah, we'll take him a present. Hey, Lisa, you know the room number of the guy? Uh, no, but Monique over there would. She's in admitting. Oh, okay. Come on. 
Hi, Monique. I'm looking for a man. Well, so am I, but here they're either married or sick. <laughs> this guy who collapsed in the Bayside Mall today. Oh, him. Nice, but too old for me. Hey. <laughs> in the East Wing, room 306. Thanks, Monique. Thank you. Well, kids, Santa and his little helpers have to be going now. There's a big snowstorm coming. It never snows in Los Angeles. <laughs> so it's cool. Monique said he was just run down. Well, she's wrong. There were no cars near him. <laughs> Laura, what are you doing here? Visiting. He's my father. They go to visit Frank, and they find Laura already there. What are you doing here? Visiting. He's my father. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah I know. To be continued. Now, I love in the end credits that this caught my eye. Santa Claus as himself. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's a nice touch. Wasn't the only Santa Claus in it, Zach? Oh, no, there no, was the one, the one that. Oh, yeah, that was cool. yeah. All right. That was the real Santa Claus. Now on to part two, which for some reason opens with a recap. I did write crucial recap at the beginning of that. With Zach narrating it, and part of his narration is when he says, and not everyone comes to the mall to shop as they're showing Frank shaving in the mall restroom. <laughs> Insane. Dude. I, I love a show that is as blunt and as indelicate <laughs> as Saved by the Bell yeah. thinks that it can tackle a subject like homelessness with any kind of well, delicacy or craft. When or, they would do any of these serious topics, it would always be like so clunky. Also was thinking, who's floating this hospital bill? Oh, it's not getting paid. Yeah. There's nothing they can do. It's a... Uh, Hippocratic Oath. Yep. It's not like they can turn you down at the hospital. Great line from Frank. I guess she didn't want to brag. Audience laugh track. Way to kick off the episode with a zinger. Lighten the mood. Let us know as the audience that we're going to be allowed to laugh, even though it's a serious topic. <laughs> I'm kind of being facetious, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know. I thought it was kind of funny, though, even though it's wild. Yeah. Zach's dad, for some reason, is out of town I during just, the I Christmas wrote, season. Zach's dad is always out of town. Going through something, him and Mrs. Morris, I yeah. guess. Maybe he had a second family. It seems on the table. Zach invites Frank and Laura to his house for dinner, practically spraining his wrist from patting himself on the back, which is a big part of this episode, I have to say. The audience gets so much amusement out of Frank and food jokes, it makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> I know. Because essentially you're just laughing at a guy being hungry because he doesn't have enough money to eat. That's really all it is. The and doctor yet said I need so to work on a new diet. Start eating. This is the last appearance of Mrs. Morris until the movie. Oh, wow. The wedding in Vegas. So no episodes worth watching after this one. Having Frank and Laura at the Morris house is so embarrassing. They keep asking the wrong things, saying the wrong things. Sometimes the characters realize it. 
and other times it's us only because <laughs> even in 1991 they were so oblivious right. that they thought this was still decent a lot of talk about the play laura just now saying she can't be in it mrs morris if i was her i would be flipping out saying what do you mean why didn't you tell me immediately you couldn't be in it i know yeah, that your dad had a heart attack and collapsed in the mall <laughs> for being hungry <laughs> but you should have told me we have to alert the understudy now what did you think about this later at the mall laura says to Screech when she's turning down his gross Chinese food, which was some absurd thing that only Screech would order. She says, no thanks, even I'm not that hungry. Pretty good joke. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of material in this episode where you're not sure if you should be laughing I don't or not. Know. Some self-deprecating humor, maybe? Kelly tells Laura to ask Mr. Moody for a pay advance to buy a suit jacket for her dad so that he can go on job interviews. I, I gotta tell you, poor Kelly. She means well. I know. I was thinking, Kelly, you fucking idiot. Do you really think <laughs> Mr. Moody is going to say yes? I, I just wrote, thanks, Kelly. Sends Laura to embarrass herself to Mr. Moody. And then a couple lines later, I have, Kelly causes me to put my hands over my face. <laughs> Once she's setting up this whole scenario that's going to involve the police, you see exactly where this is heading. <laughs> Kelly blurts out to Mr. Moody, she's homeless. Oh. And Moody says... If I knew she was homeless, I wouldn't have hired her. People like that steal. Rough. Mr. Moody returns in Say by the Bell, the new class for the episode Maria's Movie Star. Oh, wow. He still works at the mall. That's wild that they continued that into the new class. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there was anybody watching the new class week to week who was like, holy oh, shit, Moody? They brought back Mr. Moody. <laughs> what? In one of the great all-time television bring back of a character. <laughs> Actually, he might be Don Barnard, yeah. for all I know. Yeah, true. No, I actually said who he was. Lou Horn. Great actor. <laughs> Zach gets Laura into the play by promising Mr. Moody he will double his business if she's allowed to perform. Kelly secretly puts the sports jacket aside because she's going to buy it for Laura. Kelly, I knew I could never stay mad at you. You got a heart of gold, kid. But you know where this is heading. I know. Yeah. Heart of gold. Ten cent head. <laughs> Can't figure out anything. The play, understandably, is an abomination as the classic Dickens tale has been amended to include several references and promos for Mo Moody's store for men. Is it strange for girls this young to be working at this particular store? I did think that. It does seem like a... I'm not even saying from an inappropriate or anything like that. No, just, just from bizarre, like if you're like a man clientele. and you're 40 years old and you walk into a clothing store. And you want to like talk about, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a 42R. It doesn't These girls like are it. not young women. They're 15, 16, 17. Right. That would just be weird. If they were 25, 30, that would be different. But teenagers yeah, it doesn't from seem high like... school? <laughs> Let's run through some of the British accents. Jesse. I wrote off the charts. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say whether I meant good or bad. Okay. Lisa, Australian, not even close. Not even close to English. Slater, also Australian. Yeah. <laughs> not even close. A theme. Slater plays Tiny Tim. If you asked who's playing Tiny Tim I out know. of the Save by the Bell cast, a thousand percent of the time you're saying Screech. Screech. I did enjoy the comedically small Christmas goose. That was decent. Oh, decent yeah. little prop. Yeah. Mrs. Morris was no slouch on the props no, department no. for yeah. this play. I can't believe how long the play is. It's such a big part of the episode. That's it, what people are saying about this episode. Not yet, but okay. we're getting there. All right. People are applauding. 
a live action Moody's commercial at the end. I don't know why those people haven't gotten up and left. I know. It's not even resembling a play. I did make a note that even uglified Kelly is prettier than anyone I've ever actually seen in real life. Yeah, that's fair. She plays basically a street urchin, and that's it. That mm-hmm. comes in that steals the dead Scrooge's stuff. That's which right. is apart from the play sure. or the story, but I would have thought that she would have gotten a bigger part than that since she's Kelly, but maybe they were punishing her a little bit for breaking up with Zach. <laughs> There's an undertone of that and everything that happens. Kelly shows up. I thought I was going to be Mrs. Cratchit and Mrs. Morris takes her aside. Not so fast, yeah. Listen to me, you fucking bitch. You're lucky you're allowed on this stage. <laughs> you're never going to be a star in this town. And if I hear you breathe one word of what I'm saying right now to Zach, I will cut you. <laughs> Mr. Moody thinks Laura stole the sports coat because it's gone once he returns from the play because Kelly set it aside. He immediately calls security. Meanwhile, Laura is just standing there. I know. She's as skinny as a twig. Where is she hiding the jacket? Really? You already know she's homeless, Moody. She didn't run off to her house and hide it. Where is it if she stole it? This is one of those things that if you're wrong about, you should be killed. (laughs) So I do feel like the episode should have ended with Moody being publicly executed. (laughs) But he does have a great line when he calls security. Yeah. This is Melvin Moody, and I'm in a bad Moody. (laughs) (laughs) That's almost as good as Lisa's iconic line from Rockumentary, which we'll save when we get there. But that might be the best line of the entire series. (laughs) Of course. Saved by the Bell. Kelly explains the truth. But Laura has already run away. A big search ensues. Slater breathlessly running up at one point. A woman saw Laura running into the parking lot, then head away from the mall. Uh, Okay, a million questions. What woman? How did the woman know who Laura was? What does running away from the mall mean? Where was she going? Yeah. <laughs> what? Five minutes tops on this script. They, yeah. they were like, all right, they're, they're going to do the Christmas Carol stuff. They'll improvise that. We don't even need to write that down. Right. (laughs) Gang sings Christmas Carol. So you're thinking pre-cell phone split up, right? This is going to be really complicated to not navigate. Nope. Zach pulls out the brick cell phone. Yep. They can't find her, though. At one point, Mrs. Morris is just like, well, it's Christmas Eve. Fuck it. Who cares? Let's just go pick out a tree because for some reason we don't have one yet. Our lives are in shambles because dad ran out of the family. (laughs) Nowhere to be seen. Well, they just move at their own pace, too. The world revolves around the Morrises. Yeah, they could wake up Christmas morning and get a tree somehow. Frank and Laura evidently are living out of a car, and they've just so happened to park at the same Christmas tree outlet. Absolutely insane. Los Angeles is a huge city with millions of people, yet somehow they've found them. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, yeah. Frank with another banger of a line. We like to think of it as a mobile home. Rough. Mrs. Morris and Zach invite them over to the house. It's Christmas Eve, and for some reason, the entire gang is there and not with their actual families. (laughs) Again, the Morrises. Frank and Laura are there, too. Mr. Morris, still MIA. My friends can be here, but my dad can't be. Mr. Moody makes a surprise appearance to give the sports jacket to Laura as a peace offering. So now Kelly doesn't have to... Yeah, She's not on the hook shame. for that. Yeah. Well, she was going to have to pay for the jacket. That's she right. was buying it yeah. at one point. I know. We're taking the other poor character from the episode. 
and putting it on her. Well, she it hasn't been mentioned that she's poor in this episode. Yeah. It's just implied because she's one of the ones that had to get a job. Right. <laughs> Frank and Laura are then invited to stay with the Morrises until Frank gets back on his feet, no matter how long that takes. And they even make it a point to have Frank say that could be a very long time. And they double down and are like, that's fine. Never seen again. Never mentioned again. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mrs. Morris on the phone later with her husband. Honey, I've invited a homeless man to live with us. And his teenage daughter that's the same age as our son who has expressed sexual interest in Well, her. I'm sure most of Zach's girlfriends have slept over plenty of times. Live there? Well, they're taking the next step. Yeah. <laughs> then Frank goes over to the piano, which for some reason the Morrises have in their living room. And starts playing Silent Night, which yeah. everyone sings along to. Why isn't Laura's dad just playing in piano bars? That seems like a job opportunity. It's a completely insane finish to the episode. I know. And finally, that brings us to our last pick. And it's a very special one because this was always an episode that... You love this one. I treasured. Yeah. Now, rewatching it, I have to say it kind of sucks. But I kind of <laughs> well, felt that way do. about all of yeah. them. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I've built this one up that it's so special, and yeah. it's really not. Well, it is. It I is do because think, it's so weird. I do think it is popular because it's weird. Yeah. But we're talking about the final episode of season three, Mystery Weekend, episode 26, which aired December 21st, 1991. So they'd already burned through the Christmas eps, but they're like, you know what? We got one more. Throw it out there. I think the fun thing about Saved by the Bell is, when you were a kid and watching the episodes, you're always like, man, this is what high school is like. And then the ones where like, high school kids were doing insane things like going to a murder mystery weekend trip that's like staying overnight and it's just your friends, no parents around. This would be awesome. Written by Ronald B. Solomon and Brett Dewey, directed by Don Barnhart, guest starring Christopher Carroll as Bartholomew, Larry Cedar as Stephen Jameson, and... Lisa Montgomery as the maid. It was a jarring mm -hmm. experience for me because I watch Community all the time. I've referenced it on the show. It's on Hulu and Netflix. It was an NBC show, whatever. Chevy Chase was on the show. As sort of a goof, there's another guy who plays his dad. Obviously, Chevy Chase was already pretty old by the time he was on Community, and this guy who plays his dad really isn't older than him. Yeah. But he's also old. The character's name is Cornelius Hawthorne, and Larry Cedar, who plays Stephen Jameson in this episode, plays that character but looks very different. It is the same guy, and once you know, you're like, oh, yeah, that is. But I would have never have known that without IMDb, and that was weird. But what we were referring to as far as this being a special episode was that my sisters and I would watch Say by the Bell constantly in syndication on TBS, and this yep. was our favorite episode. And we taped episodes a lot. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, we could never get this on tape. And we would wait years wow. of syndicated four episodes a day, and we yep. never caught it. I'm sure it aired at some point, and we missed it or something, but this went on for a long time. People don't know, oh, know. how good they have it now. That's right. You can find anything. We were furious that you had to pay for these episodes individually, I know, but there was times in our lives because where, like, you didn't have the DVD. But yeah, you could think of things that you wanted to watch, and there was just no way to do you it. You had to wait years, yeah, until it came back, and you could hit press record at the right second. Right. Sometimes you would just have to hit record when the credits started and hope it was Mystery Weekend because 
there was a time in early cable days before they even had TV Guide Channel or the guides. You just clicked to a number, so you wouldn't even know what, what episode it was. Right. It was just playing. As part of a prize for winning a radio contest, Lisa invites the gang on a murder mystery weekend at a secluded mansion, but things take an unexpected turn when it appears a real killer may be on the loose. Another no-belding episode. Love it. I also very much love the movie Clue. Mm -hmm. This feels very Clue-y. Definitely. I don't think it's a straight homage to Clue because mystery weekends at mansions are real. This is a real activity that people do, not Can necessarily high schoolers. This? No, because you have to be social and want to talk yeah. and interact with people, and I would never do that. Right. But it is a thing people do, so I'm not saying that they're really homaging Clue, which I'm not sure why they would be at this point, but it does feel very similar. When the episode starts, it's immediately a jarring location. We have our high schoolers here with zero parental supervision, spending the weekend with other adults. I just wrote, talk about completely unbelievable premise. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa's a... winning a radio contest. <laughs> yeah, why like, is Lisa is listening to the radio and calling in? I still know what you did last summer. <laughs> There's a quote-unquote hot maid, which seems as if she's like 35. Not yeah. that she's unattractive, but I just don't really think that she'd be somebody that high schoolers would be going gaga over. Uh, agree. She's played by Colin Camp. I wish. <laughs> yeah. Zach being particularly obnoxious in this episode. Un unbearable, most of it. Yeah. Basically, what happens is you go to this event. There's a staff, which is really the cast. They put on this performance, and then the guests are supposed to participate, and there's a $500 prize. I don't know if that's really how it works in real life, but that's kind of how it is on this. However, it gets very confusing because the guests seem like they're a part of it. Some of them. So yeah. I don't know if they're eligible for the prize since they're in on it. I don't know. It's, it never makes any sense. And then they end up solving it the first night they're there. They haven't stayed overnight yet. I don't know. There's Victor, the piano player. He's the first to go via poison. Bartholomew as the butler, really hamming it up and overacting. He's the second yeah. to go. He gets stabbed. I wrote Alfred Molina-looking butler, but mixed with Joe Latrulio. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. Jeanette as the maid. What did you think about these shitty rooms they're supposed to be staying in? Those I, beds I, look so shitty. It is weird, but I don't know. There's an ambiance to it. It just was like blowing my mind that these high school kids are staying. Oh, yeah. If that would have been something that I could have done in high school, it would have probably been the most fun thing ever. Absolutely. Because you never get that kind of freedom, and then the girls are there. It right. just seems like a really cool thing. But there's no scenario where it would have actually happened. Correct. Imagine how rough this weekend at the mansion would have been if Lisa had won those passes to come to the murder mystery weekend and then the gang decided not to show up. <laughs> there would have been like four people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. If not enough people show up, we'll refund your money or something. Like It, it must be too <laughs> embarrassing to try to put this thing on with one guest. Some really decrepit, needs-to-be-condemned mansion uh, yeah. somewhere in Burbank. Where they're of sending course. out blast emails trying to hook any sad sack right. into going to this thing. People who had already been spit out the bottom of the porn industry acting in this. <laughs> I love that they're carrying the corpses out in front of everyone. I know that they're not actually dead, and even in the show they're not actually dead, but it's still funny. Oh, sure. <laughs> Inspector Piccadilly shows up. At one point, Zach calls Screech a twink. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, wow. 
unexpected. I doubt that the person who wrote that line knew what it meant, but maybe they did. I don't know if it meant the same thing. Was it back that then. term in common usage? At that I don't know. Point? People pointed it out though in some of the trivia I was seeing for the episode. So, okay. but I, I don't know that in the early '90s it was like that mainstream. I'm sure it existed. Yeah. Underground a little bit. Well, more. look. I mean, that being just the idea that there was a guy smoking cigarettes in a kids' show. Yeah, that was that definitely really a different era. Out. Yeah. And the cigarettes are kind of part of the yeah plot in a in a way. Don't worry, we're not gonna bore you with the details of the murder mystery. I don't even really understand how Zach figures it out. There's not enough evidence. I know. But whatever. Eventually the inspector's killed and then one of the guests, Mrs. Bankhead, her necklace is stolen and Jameson claims that that's not part of the script. So this is the big swerve of the episode. Right. Is that they try to convince the guests that at some point the scripted material ends and they're now living... A real, a real thing that's happening, yeah. a real crime. Well, yes. Because at first a necklace is missing, and then Jameson's life is saved by Lisa, which they also claim that that's not part of the game, where the axe from the knight's armor falls and almost hits Jameson. The fact that any guest would fall for this and think that this is, is ins- yeah. absurd. Everyone has to be the Hello. dumbest person alive. You're here for a reason. The show wants us to believe that Zach's friends at a certain point think that Zach has killed people or at least attempted to for money. Mm-hmm. $500. His friends start acting as if that's a real possibility that that's what's happening. Yeah, right. This show is for morons. <laughs> but I do like it. Same. Jameson offers them free vouchers to make up for it because he's acting as if they're canceling the game at that point. Okay, so let's say that He's telling the truth, and someone did try to murder him and stole that woman's necklace. Why would you want to come back? No, I know. The free vouchers seem a little unnecessary at that point. I think I would just want to leave. I think we touched on it already, but I wrote it down. A little Zach and Lisa thing. Yeah. perceptible here. I think so. There was some chemistry there. Zach goes to see Jameson, and Jameson's office is trashed, but then when he's going to give Zach the vouchers, the lights go out, he disappears. Zach is then caught in the office, but he's not holding vouchers. He's holding money. You're a thief and a murderer. (laughs) So then the new police show up, quote-unquote, and it's so obviously Bartholomew and Jameson, who's now in drag, just wearing different stuff, even as a kid. Yeah. Who I didn't have much world experience, so I didn't think I really knew anything about people in drag. Knew that that was the same guy. Uh huh. It's not the most convincing disguise I've ever seen. Also, if we've crept into the world of something real is happening, the fact that these kids aren't like, let's just straight up bounce. Also, it launches into this whole montage of character witnesses for Zach, where all of his friends are describing to the police what type of person he is. And it's, of course, humorous because they have to talk about what a rapscallion he really sure. is and all that stuff. But if we're pretending this is real, I mean the show, uh-huh. as in Say by the Bell is real life, in this world, a murder mystery weekend exists where they are depending on the guests for this much of the play to keep going. Because what is, <laughs> yeah. if they don't want to play along anymore, what is supposed to be happening now? I know, if they leave, the show is happening for no one. <laughs> Lisa has disappeared too, which is also suspicious. 
But that should be the giveaway to his fucking friends that he didn't do anything. His friends now think he's killed Lisa for $500? What? This is absurd. Well, I don't know. Zach is a sociopath, as pointed out earlier. Well, he also does have Mrs. Bankhead's missing necklace plus Lisa's watch, which Kelly noticed earlier. This is all pretty damning. Kelly is offering to visit Zach in jail. I'd be like, why don't you go visit Jeff and his new girlfriend? How about oh, that? Yeah. What would make bitch. Saved by the Bell great <laughs> is if Lisa does disappear in this episode. And they never talk about it again. Zach arrested. The show goes on like that from here. Picnic at Bayside High. Yeah. <laughs> it's never explained. That's right. Look, Lisa, tell these guys about the vouchers. Lisa? She's not here, Fred. Yes, I can see that, Slater. Look, I locked the door from the outside. No, 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 no. See, what I mean is <laughs> she couldn't have gotten out. Oh, so poof, she's just vanished. Hmm? Oh, so poof, I don't know. <laughs> Poor Lisa. Oh, Zach. What I am telling you, I left her here packing my suitcase. Well, it looks like she didn't get very far. Hello, what's this? My necklace! Oh, thank goodness! Oh. Ouch! <laughs> what? How did that get in there? Zach, I'm afraid we're going to have to search you. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Search me. What, do you think you're going to find Lisa hiding in my shirt pocket? Nice watch. A little dainty oh. for you, though, ain't it? It's Lisa's watch. Oh, Zach, you fiend. You've murdered my future wife. <laughs> Lisa would never marry you. Oh, sure, now. You guys are nuts. I'm telling you, I've been framed. We'll see. For now, everybody stay in your rooms. Stay in my room? With that cold-blooded butcher? Relax, Screech. I'll protect you. Aw, oh, Slater, I knew you cared. <laughs> Zach, if you go to jail, I'll visit you every Sunday. Gee, thanks a bunch. So how'd you do it, Zach? Did you poison her lipstick? Whoa, whoa, down, boy. Chill out, guys. Something really weird is going on here, guys. We got to figure out how Lisa got out of this room. We? Oui. I'm serious. I mean, how could she get out without the key? I mean, both the door and the windows were locked. Maybe there's a secret passage. <laughs> Give me a break, a secret passage. Like, if I turn this candle here, the wall's going to open up. I'm always a sucker for secret passage material. That's also right out of Clue. Same here. It's a little concerning to me, though, that the secret passage goes from the guests' bedrooms into Jameson's office. It, no one has a problem with that part of it. It's some H.H. Holmes shit, folks, if you're up on your serial killers. Zach notices some clues. There's two glasses, lipstick on one of the glasses, some discarded clothes. Somehow this is enough for Zach to put the whole thing together and then blow everyone's minds with the big reveal that, yes, Jameson, who is now disguised as one of the police, was the killer. Lisa is the accomplice. She comes out of the fireplace. Zach is the big winner. And the moral of the story, I guess, is the game never stopped. <laughs> Which, for some reason, Jameson really emphasizes. And that's the end of the episode. Everything works out for the gang. Murder mystery solved. We go into season four, which probably started within a couple months, because I don't really think that they would normally end a season in December. But again, I don't know the episode order, the names, 
when they aired, how they aired. There's no consistency. Hard to it tell if there was sense. ever really that much of a plan when going into a shooting season. The discs for the DVDs, I think season three is three discs and season four is one disc. I, I couldn't even make sense of what I was looking at. It's so bizarre how yeah. this show is treated. It was a precursor to how the big studios and the streamers think of everything as content. This was just content. Yeah. This was not art at all. There's no order. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Spread your cheeks and shit it out onto Saturday mornings <laughs> and those kids will lap it up. Absolutely. <laughs> it has gone on to be one of the most known things of a certain era. Yeah, you never bothered with the reboot, I guess. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, I watched it all. It just never really could recapture the vibe because Stay by the Bell is one of those things that is actually unrebootable. It's lightning in a bottle, baby. You can't reboot something that is this kitschy. Yeah. And unintentionally terrible, but still very entertaining. And That's fun. right. Yeah. It's of a moment I in mean, a certain way. Look, I think most people that think about Say by the Bell look back on it in fondness. As do we. Yeah. Folks, thank you for listening. It's going to be a big push to the end of the year, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. All kinds of stuff coming your way. We're going to do two episodes next week, I think. So, Dr. Steven, stay tuned for your listener requests. Plus, we have our Thanksgiving episode as well. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. The emails, the tweets. Well, they're not called tweets anymore, whatever they are. The X's. Everything, it all adds up, the little reviews on Apple Podcasts, everything like that. The listener interaction that we do get is all that's driving us to keep putting in the it's effort, the best. Yep. which is a lot. But this has been such a crazy year. I could have never imagined that this many people would be reaching out. It's It's wild. It's absolutely insane. We did this podcast in the dark for so many years. Yeah, and it's still mostly in the dark. Mostly in the dark, but we, yeah. we're we starting to see the sun rise yeah. a little bit. There's a little yeah. sliver of light on the horizon. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Follow the show on X slash Twitter, at GreatestPod. Reach us via email, greatestpod at gmail.com. During the regular episodes, I will read your emails on the show. If you'd like a free sticker, let us know, and we'll send that out to you. Letterboxed, Zach1983, and Matt Crosby. And as always, make sure you're subscribed. We'll talk to you soon. First to try the newest addition to the Max menu, Screech's Spaghetti Burger. Oh. Kevin? Hey. Oh. Kevin, oh. you look amazing. Thank you. I've had some work done. <laughs> wow. Haven't we all? Mm. Hmm. You know, it's a little weird, but great. Kind of like Screech. Uh. <laughs> you guys remember the time that he got struck by lightning and was psychic for a week? <laughs> yeah. And then you used his powers to cheat on a midterm? Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't we go to Lake Vegas or stop the Gulf War? Uh-huh. Hey, you know, I'm still mad that that little dweeb beat me at becoming Miss Bayside. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah.
He was so funny. Yeah. To Screech. Oh. Screech. 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 Screech.